Alrighty team, welcome back to ATP Podcast. So quick recap on our last podcast guys, that was with Ben and Dalton episode 10.2, finishing off our first episode uh, of our round table. So that was episode uh, 10.1, 10.2. Got to have some really good chats with the boys again. Um, As always, extremely informational, um, packed full of gold nuggets. Like you guys, if you haven't listened to it, go back, listen. uh, It's much more discussion-based, so it isn't a story. We're not recapping on life events. Um, it's very discussion based. We throw opinions around. Um, we, uh, we, we were answering questions from, um, from listeners as well, which was really good. So got some great details, some great stuff out of there. Um, so yeah, very, very informational podcast team, but still highly enjoyable. Like a lot of dribble was spoken. So I know you guys will love it. So if you haven't listened to either 10.1 or 10.2 round table, go back, give that a lesson. As for today, uh, our next guest, Hani, an absolute superstar. When I say um, that people are inspirational, I had clearly not met Hani first. So uh, a big shout out as well to Owie. Owie put um, us in touch. Owie's one of our listeners and it is Kath's partner from back when we interviewed Kath. Um, absolutely inspirational. Hani has come from um, having a disability and still technically does. Um, having to get her legs broken to be able to uh, walk properly, um, you might say, to breaking the Australian record for her weight class in bench press uh, at the Brisbane Fitness Expo, which was just last year from time of recording. Um, So a super, super awesome podcast about to come your way, guys. Um, You're going to absolutely love it. So stay tuned and get ready to uh, probably be listening with your jaw down on the ground as mine was most of the time because this is highly inspirational. So I know you're going to love it, team. So let's just get straight into it. Welcome, team. My name is Josh Atkins and you're listening to Australia's Most Adventurous Podcast. Ready to go? Yeah. Okay. What do you want to start with? Just, just my name? Just any, yeah, so introduce yourself. Um, I'm Hani. Um, what am I? 36, I suppose. And um, I would say I would say a bit of a power lifter or a baby power lifter. <laughs> <laughs> Avid musician and a bit of everything else. I like to try anything once. But um, g'day. <laughs> this is my first podcast. Awesome. Good. No, good intro. A musician as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What do you play? Uh, guitar, anything with strings, piano, drums. Anything. Nice. Yeah, Is the piano classed as strings? Uh, well, technically, yes. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, because it's strings on the, yeah. the piano that the hammers hit. Awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. Alrighty, so first thing I want to do is uh, chat about your legs. So we were just talking about this before before we started recording, um, and this will lead into right from the very start as well. So let's touch on that. Let's talk about um, how how your legs came to be about this conversation. Okay. 
I'm pretty much born born with a uh, birth defect, so both my femurs and tibias were uh, bowed right out at about um, 35 to 40 degrees, depending on which leg you were looking at. One was worse than the other. So I was born in New Zealand, and um, they didn't know exactly what the problem was, but then my mum's Australian brought me back to Australia. They had some doctors look at me probably when I was about nine because it started to become quite a significant problem with walking um, and pain and all that kind of stuff. So, And they couldn't diagnose it and because they couldn't diagnose it or try and stop it, they decided to take my growth plates out of them and um, that means they're slicing them out and then that stopped my legs from going completely so getting any worse or landing me in a wheelchair. Yep. Which does mean that my legs are super short. Means that my squat looks really friggin' weird. Um, it looks like I'm about to ready to topple over because I've got hamstrings, I've got glutes, but I have no quads. So I don't have the flexion to go forward um, with the, you know, when most people, normal people squat, yep. their knees go forward. Mine don't. They just stay completely vertical and I sit backwards. <laughs> so it's almost like a hack squat. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to rebuild my quads. We are getting there. We are building a little bit of quads. Yep. Um, but yeah, so legs are super short. I sit really tall, got long arms, got big giant feet. Um, and I sort of just went through life with that. Um, I've never been able to do a lot of leg work ever since okay. that point. Um, my dad was an ex-bodybuilder. Right. So that meant my entire life from very young age, all I ever did was upper body. Yep. So just back, biceps, triceps. That's why my arms are a little bit bigger than most chicks. <laughs> um, so that's all I've ever done is just upper body stuff until um, just recently, probably in the last five years, that my surgeon convinced me to straighten them completely. Yeah. So break, that meant by breaking each leg um, one by one each year. And when he means by breaking them, he broke my left one, the femur smack bang in the middle, and he offset it. Um, took a bone graft out of it so when he offsets it there was a gap in between the bone and then he threw a plate all the way up the side of my leg and just kept it in place my tibia was sliced in half and then swung out so it meant like there was like this wedge missing from my tibia and there was a t-plate put against the bones to just hold them into place yeah so that was my left leg. The right leg was f sort of fairly similar, but the bone was in different places. So again, slicing it open, swinging it open, and throwing some plates in. But every leg was very different. The first leg was probably the most traumatic okay. out of all of them. Um, <laughs> it was the worst surgery I could possibly imagine. I was non-weight bearing for about eight months. Whoa. Um, so that meant that I was on crutches the yeah. entire time of just carrying myself around. So it was mentally and physically really... So your arms got bigger during that time? Pretty much. Like my triceps <laughs> got huge. But, <laughs> but yeah, it was, um, it was, it wasn't the greatest sort of outcome that no yeah. one expected to know what really was going to happen after yeah. that surgery. It was just very painful. Um, I, you know, thank my family to be there for me, especially my wife, because um, she had to help me get out of bed, help me to go do everything, yeah. from showering to everything like that, for months, because I couldn't move the leg on my own. Wow. And um, so it was pretty intense, but the second leg wasn't as bad. It was, I knew what was coming and the recovery was a little bit better because I looked at my nutrition a little bit differently Okay. as well. So, and that affected the way that I think the, the second leg had to rehabilitate. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I, I said to them, I said, you just need to let me go back to the gym. You need to let me sort of move it, Yep. you know, cause um, coming from a 
a background of nutrition and um, biology and all that kind of stuff, I said, you need to not be sedentary mm. with your movements. You need to be able to let those bones move. And as painful as it was, and there was gaps in between my bones and I could feel like the plates and everything bend inside oh, wow. my bones, um, it was painful to do anything, but I started squatting. And um, I did my research the whole time when I was yep. in, in bed of just what was the best movements possible. I did have physios um, through this process. I went through a lot of physios, unfortunately. Um, and a lot of them uh, didn't have the right attitude. Yeah, okay. You know, it's, this is as good as it's going to get. Um, this is, you know, as much really? as you should do. Um, you, you know, you're just going to have to accept it for what it is. Um, it's like, nah, not accepting that. Yeah, so I just, yeah. you know, did my own research. Were these physios recommended by the surgical team or yeah was... by the hospital okay they're the hospital's um physiotherapist and rehabilitation team wow um so i went through about five of them yep in the one hospital until um i decided no nah, enough's enough so then i recruited an assistance of an exercise physiologist um at one of the strength and powerlifting gyms yep um but he got a little bit too excited about my bench okay um I'm like, well, I'm not here for bench. I'd like you to help me to be able to walk properly. Um, because I needed to learn how to walk because one leg was now straight, one leg was bowed. The hips are going to go off yes, a little of bit, you know, and the lengths of my legs were different. And, you know, I needed to tighten my gait and just keep on top of all of that, you know. So he wasn't the right person for that. So then I bounced over to another one, another PT, to see whether or not different, to get people's, you know, suggestions and stuff. Yep. Again, too many people interested in my bench. Right. Okay, so I'm like, righto, let's roll this back a little bit. And I just did my own research. And what were the best movements for me to be able to get my legs and my bones to grow? And it was squats and deadlifts. Yep. So I started researching that. And a lot of research later brought me to train myself okay um i used to go to fitness first and like which and i just sort of stayed there and just did my own thing and then um had my second surgery and i just continued for another four more years of rehabilitating building my legs and then having to then lose it again lose my muscles but every time i had surgery meant that next time i had to do my rehab even though i you know muscle atrophy set in again you know the mental you know depression yeah. and everything else I knew where to go. I knew what I needed to do. Yeah. I needed to keep pushing through and um, keep growing again. And I got better each time, every surgery that went along. So, yeah. um, and once the legs were both done, I had to get the metal out. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Eventually. Right. So once the bones were strong enough and they looked healthy enough to be able to take my weight, and then we had to start taking the metal out because they were catching on the muscles that were growing yeah. as well. And that was actually quite painful as well. Oh. Goodness. So when you think about bones and they're quite soft, you think about metal and screws going straight yeah, through them, yeah. you can actually feel it and it was actually quite painful. So I said, like, get them out. <laughs> and I want, I want to be able to walk without pain yep. and stuff. So then we had to take them all out and then rebuild from there. So then all the metal came out last year. Okay. And um, I remember when I had it, it was in March and then two weeks later I had a bench press only comp. <laughs> 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 you know, I wasn't going to stop. I just went, nah, I'm going to keep challenging myself. I'm going to keep pushing because I can prove that, you know, you can do it. Now, whether you're yeah. labelled as having a disability or, you know, having something that's a little bit funky, you can do it. You just need the right people and the right attitude within yourself yep. to be able to keep pushing. 
you know, so surgery and medication and drugs is not the be all end all. Yep. It certainly is the start of trying to fix something, um, but you do need to actually get into a gym. You need to work on yourself. You need self care. You need to be able to keep going. And it's not just for three weeks, 12 weeks, or a couple of months. It's a lifetime thing. Marathon. It is. It yep. is. And it just, you have to keep going. And you're going to feel like you're going to jump off the horse a couple of times, and that's okay. You're human. Um, but get back on it again and keep going because it actually does make you feel better yeah. the stronger that you get. So it's a, a massive antidepressant for me. Awesome. Yeah. I have so many questions. So let's dial right back. Um, let's talk about when you first got <clears throat> um, the growth plate taken out. Mm-hmm. We, we were talking about that before off the, the podcast, but can you go into just into detail? So what, what happens? So whereabouts they make the incision or where they make the cut, then what they do. So, so just yeah. for people to understand that. Okay, so right at the top of both tibias, you have uh, squishy little growth plates. Um, yeah. So for just... everyone, that's just below the knee. So where your kneecap mm-hmm. is, just below there. Yeah, so they just basically slice it out. Yeah. They slice it out and it's right sort of like in the sweet spot of where that knuckle of your bone is. Okay. Um, it's squishy for a reason because it, it continues to keep growing upon itself and it calcifies and that's your length of your bone. Eventually you stop growing at around about anywhere between 20 and 25. Yep. Um, it's when it officially finalises and calcifies. So they had to take that out because they didn't want my, my legs to get any worse than where they were going because every time I sort of like every year that went past they just kept bowing and bowing and bowing because of the body weight kept pushing it into that direction right okay yeah so they sliced it out and then they put staples in to keep those bones holding together and then that was it and was it nine you said you got that done so we started at nine at actually trying to figure out what the problem was okay right so I did a whole lot of tests um, with a whole group of surgeons and to try and figure out what was the best course of action and it was by the time i was 11 they decided that that was the i had two options and my mum couldn't really make that decision for me because one was to break my legs back then in in the what late 80s early 90s (laughs) they only had two things that they could do slice them out yep or to break my bones and shatter them and then um, have titanium rods go down the shafts of my bones and piece them all back together. Wow. Which meant that I would have been in ICU for quite a considerable amount of time. Because yep. um, it wasn't a very um, suggested surgery back then. Yeah. And, you know, and, you know, surgery grows, medicine grows over yep. time. And that was not the option I wanted to go down. Yeah. Um, it did mean I had to repeat school. And I didn't want to do that. No one wants to do that at, at that <laughs> age. Um, so I decided to go with the other option. Okay. What's the worst that'll happen is that I'll just be short for the rest of my life. And who knows how tall I could have actually been. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Wow. And then, um, so what was, how long were you out of action from that? So once they took the, the growth plate out till you could be back, I guess, at school running around. I think I was in hospital for about seven days. Okay. Um, I was at home. For probably another two more weeks until I was able to get that flexion and ability to walk upstairs and walk properly. Yep. So I was probably back at school. I think it was about four to six weeks after that. Wow, so not a big turnaround at all. It's quite no. quick. Yeah, it's quite quick. Oh, okay. All right, interesting. And, you, and you're young as well, so you used oh. to tend to heal a lot faster. Yeah, mm. cool. And then, um, yeah, so then jumping forward, um, 
we we get to where we've met the the surgeon. So, and they've, you've gone through your first leg. Walk me through. Um, so, what happened in terms of you said you changed your nutrition from the second leg? Mm-hmm. Um, what with with the first one? You said it took the longest as well. What um what what was happening then with that first one? So you were you were in bed like you know pretty immobilized for quite some time. Um, what were the things that you changed from? Was it left that got done first? Yeah, the left was done first, yep. and it was the worst type of pain and experience I can ever imagine. Um, I was in a wheelchair for three months. Okay, wow. And when I first walked into the surgery and agreed to do it, they said that the bone should heal within eight weeks. Okay, right. That's what they expected. That's what they, yeah, that's what they expected. And when I still couldn't put weight through it and and the pain and the swelling um, still wasn't, so we did x-rays, all those sorts of things, the bone wasn't throwing. So on the x-rays, you can see where all the breaks were. And what you're looking for is like, there's a little bit of a cloudy effect um, where the the break is. And what that is, is your bones throwing a little bit of collagen to try and sort of close that gap. Okay. Um, And it wasn't doing it. Right. And it wasn't doing it for three months, wasn't doing it for six months, wasn't doing it for eight months. Jeez. So we started to panic. Yeah. I was panicking. <laughs> I was like, this isn't, this isn't right. Mm-hmm. So I think it was at the, um, the six month mark when I was like, this is ridiculous. You know, I'm just thinking something's wrong here. So and coming from a nutritionist background, I just went, you know, I want to test my blood. Yep. I want to test for all of my minerals, see where they're all sitting. And I ended up finding out that I was actually quite severely deficient in um, D, K, calcium and everything else in between. Wow. Even though my diet was good and it was great, okay. but it could be better. Right. Um, so even though I sort of, you know, started taking extra supplements and so forth like that, it still wasn't the best. But then something odd happened with my body um, after I started started reintroducing a little bit more um, weight-bearing movements after eight months. Mm. Is my body actually said to me, because I'm actually pescatarian. Okay. My body wanted, was the first time in my life for a very long time, wanted to eat chicken. Okay. Okay, so I'm a very spiritual believer as well. And, and I thought, I ignored it. Yeah. I ignored it, ignored it, ignored it, because I just don't, don't eat that yep. <laughs> don't eat meat or anything like that yeah um so i'm like okay so and even though like changing my supplements and doing a, a higher dose and higher uptake and the higher end of the scale it, it helped and then reintroducing the gym it helped so after six months later after that we'll be preparing for the second leg yep so I decided at that point we'll keep that that high end of all of those those minerals and supplements up but I'll listen to my body and introduce chicken because meat is the only thing that brings on B12. Yep. Um, and B12 you need to be able to uptake all of your other minerals and supplements that you're taking. Otherwise, you're pretty much just pissing it out. Yep. And it's just, and it's a waste. And you're not, ta- you're not uptaking it correctly. So I had this lengthy discussion with my family and, <laughs> and trying to reintroduce something that I just didn't want to reintroduce was actually quite a hard mental yeah. wall to climb. Um, but we got there. <laughs> were, had, were you always pescatarian or vegetarian? I just prefer it. Right, okay. I just don't like the taste of red meat or yep. lamb or pork. Um, I did it, grow has up that been like forever? 
for a very long time it's just fish i'm just i'm an islander yeah so, and so seafood i could probably get that for breakfast lunch and dinner yeah you know but um i just didn't really like red meat yep. ever since coming here even mum would cook it i just didn't like it yeah okay. it wasn't wasn't for me yeah fair enough so well i did grow up on chicken and fish um it's just that when i got to be older ethical reasons didn't prefer chicken anymore i just stuck yep. with the fish and the vegetables because that's all i like to eat yeah. basically um but yeah no, so we slowly reintroduced chicken and my, my mother-in-law would um be creative okay. <laughs> and we slowly reintroduced it and um on the second leg um the bones had started throwing within weeks wow yeah just because of that b12 the b12 yeah it just okay. allowing your body to be able to then just you listen to your body yeah and just you know give it a little bit of time and just move it give it give it what it needs you know at the end of the day it, you know it was telling me something and I thought okay well let's experiment with this so it didn't go so well the first time around but the second time if I'm throwing bone within weeks yeah. of that I was reintroducing something so simple because my body was telling me to eat it on the first time yeah it was just uh it was it was eye-opening yeah it was eye-opening for my surgeon as well yeah hmm. that's amazing so from memory, when do you think was the last time you ate chicken till when you started craving it? Oh, God. Chicken was probably... Last time I ate it was probably when I was, like, mid-20s. Mid-20s. And then how old were you when I you started, started craving surgery it again? when I was 32, 33. Just before I turned 33 is the first yeah. surgery. Okay. And that's when I started craving it. Right. So we could say better part of almost 10 years mm. so a decade so that's a pretty long time to not eat something and then your body craving it mm. like that's that's amazing and was it were you craving like more the taste of it or just it's just you just you, you knew your body wanted chicken my body just wanted chicken i don't know what it was i can't explain it, it yeah was bit, that's um, i'm i'm trying to wrap my head around it it's phenomenal like i was just i was just saying to my wife i was like I don't know what it is, but I just want chicken. Wow. And it's not like I was craving KFC or something like that. Yeah. Um, I just want I just want chicken. Yeah. Whatever it is, I just want chicken. I'm like I'm not I'm not giving into it. I'm not doing it. That was the first leg, and then I just went, hang on, something. I'll do it. The second leg. Yeah. And and and, and when that craving came, was it did, did it originate from like the stomach? So when. Yeah. Yeah. So you, your stomach was saying it wanted chicken. Yeah. Which is the second brain, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Some people, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it was it was really odd, and I just you know I just ignored it. I ignored it and ignored yeah. it until I actually gave into it and thought you know this would be a good experiment. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Okay. That that is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Right. And then um, what what I want to know as well is before before even the left leg. What what were you doing in terms of training? Like, so were you um, do, doing the same similar stuff as now, or what was happening in terms of training? Like, so if you think of anything that's upper body, that's it. You're doing it. Yeah, yeah. I did try, like you know, with my father growing up, um, do a lot of hiking and all that kind of stuff. But then I can go up a hill. Yep. I can go upstairs, that's not a problem, but actually controlling going down is actually quite painful because I didn't have the ability okay. of quads because of the way that my bones were shaped. Um, I didn't have adductors. Yep. I didn't have abductors. I didn't have a hip 
um, any hip muscles at all and I had no quads. So, <laughs> so I just, it, it was a very huge imbalance for me. So trying to control my muscles going down a steep slope was um, a very slow sort of yeah. like journey down, but I could walk up and go up Mount Everest. I just wouldn't be able to go down. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it, the same thing is now. I do, I do have difficulty going downstairs. Going up is not a problem, as yep. you would have seen yep. this morning. But it'll be a different story watching me go down. Okay. Mm. Okay, yeah. I, I was just curious because um, with, with with the surgery, obviously any, any muscle density that's there prior is mm. going to help when atrophy does occur and stuff so I was just wondering what was what, what you were doing training wise so it was mainly just all upper body it's all upper body because I couldn't target the legs yep. properly I couldn't I can't walk for long periods I can't just stand on a treadmill or yep. um, rowing was different because each leg had a different extension same with uh, cycling every leg has a different extension yeah. so I would cycle and one leg would go down and one leg would one foot would come off the pedal and then whilst one leg would, would come up straight up into the full flex, the other one can't. So it was like, yeah, well, I almost okay. needed to have customised pedals for me to be able to deal with cycling. So it was very difficult for me to be able to rehabilitate from a cardio perspective yep. or do anything cardio before surgery or anything like that. So I just stuck with upper body. Yeah, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so then um, so we've, we've gone through the left leg, we've changed and started introducing chicken among... Uh, also making the diet better with all nutrients and stuff. Um, so when was it um, that, oh, I guess, sorry, we were just talking before, um, you got the the, um, the medal out just mm-hmm. recently and then you said you're also going back for scans. So it's been quite a, quite a lengthy process, yeah. um, five years that you said, um, that it's been going through and I guess, well, everyone would want to know as well now, how, how is it all going? I think it's going great, really. I think it's also, too, um, having Kelly hunting me down, having her as, like, sort of my my guidance yep. through this process. She's an exercise physiologist with Puffer Motion. Okay. Um, I think I say that right. It's it's Perform and Motion at the end of it. It's it's a weird... Right, okay. <laughs> weird <yeah>. business name. <laughs> Sorry, Kel. Um, but it always sounds weird when I say it. But she's moving to Below Parallel very shortly, and... Um, she hunted me down last year after my uh, last comp in June where I got best female um, lifter, which is very unusual for a heavyweight. And that was um, three months post-op. Wow. Yeah, of having all my medal taken out. So that was a big achievement for me. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. I, didn't, I can't believe I got it though. It's, it's a very rare. But anyway, she hunted me down after that because I think she heard of my story of, of having so much so much difficulty trying to find the right person to try and help me with my legs you know Mm. try and help me grow the quads get it activated because i can activate and have a great mind to muscle connection with everything else um but my just my quads yeah you know and being able to watch my movement and um understanding where i needed to bring it in a little bit you know i'm not scared of a little bit of muscle pain i like the doms it means i'm working on something um i just couldn't find the right right teammate to help me with that so I've been with her for almost a year now and um, she has taken me from one place to another and it's just I feel a hell of a lot more stronger and a lot more confident Um, medication wise just I do have to take medications for chronic pain I've been in chronic pain for the majority of my life unfortunately Um, so every surgery that I've ever had you know it's like they use as much tranquilizers to put an elephant down 
because of <laughs> because of my because of tolerance. My pain receptors are very different to anyone else. Yeah. Um, so I get treated very differently when I go in hospital, and you know, okay. such things as drug seekers and all that kind of stuff. It's just my pain levels are just very different yeah. to most people. Um, so I have to look after that as well. So um, where I was before. And the amount of pain medication I was taking to where I am now, I've actually gone down at least to a quarter of what I was taking before wow. in, in a 12 month period. And that's because I've just been able to balance it and manage it mentally yeah. well. And actually doing the exercises with Kel has strengthened what the areas that I needed to strengthen. So it actually takes a lot of the pain away from like my knees, that kind mm. of stuff so I can carry myself a lot better. Um, and then a lot of the pain that we also go through too is that this, mentally the central nervous system is just going to say it's there um but is it really there you know at the end of the day and at the end of the day my ultimate goal is to not have to take any more pain medication whatsoever and that's going to allow my body not to be numb anymore Mm. and it's going to allow it to fix itself yeah eventually at some stage so we are managing that quite well i'm very happy where it's sort of like balanced right now and what the work that kelly and i've been doing together that's There's awesome. Mm. I um I, I feel for you. I can't believe that you went to so many people and they would just focus on bench when you've gone and said, Oh, I want to build my quads. Yes, yeah, sweet, let's jump on the bench. Oh, it's because they've seen me bench. Yeah. And they know my bench. And I know it's a big bench for a chick. Um <laughs> and it's only it's only that way because I've already trained up a body, you yeah. know, my entire life. It's just been that way, you know. And um it's it is disappointing to come across so many practitioners or pts and so forth and it just they really don't know mm. they well, really, I mean, they're it's... not quite sort of the advanced knowledge of giving the best yeah. um, advice for people post-operatively or uh, even if people want to walk into powerlifting you've got to find the right people yeah 100%. if you want to do powerlifting it's the longevity of the sport it's not about the numbers it's mm. about making sure that your move, your body is moving correctly and it's supporting itself correctly you know um there's too many people out there that are just hurting themselves yeah you know and there's too many people hurting other people Mm, that's that's big out there but i I just i cannot wrap my head around like with all my clients they come and say i want to work on this and that's what we work on it's like someone Mm. going i want to work on a squat like for your quads yeah and then just doing shoulder press like why it's like literally (laughs) the the opposite end yeah it is (laughs) (laughs) but like i get tortured by kelly she loves to see me in pain (laughs) That's okay. I come back the next week and I make sure that, um, yeah, I, I conquer whatever movement she wants me to do. Perfect. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad you found mm. a good fit because, and, and good on you as well for not just like with the physios and stuff, like for, for them to say, oh, this is, this is you now, like it's absolute bullshit because you hear so many yeah. stories like yours where people have, you know, gone above and beyond because they wanted and got the determination. Whereas these people that have the, the surgeons that are recommending mm. these physios, they almost have that, that glass ceiling that they're not prepared to shatter. It's like, oh, yeah, well, I'll work yeah. within my boundaries and I don't know if you're determined or you're not. You're just happy to, to lay in bed for the rest of your life. Like, yeah. You should be pushing everyone yeah. to their limits. There's too many boxes. Yeah. And there shouldn't be a box, yeah. really. If you, if you want to do it, you can do it. And that's been a big motto for me lately. Um, when someone said to me last year, people with disabilities shouldn't be doing powerlifting. Um, women will only be able to get up to a hundred kilo bench press. Ugh. That's it. Um, you shouldn't be doing that. You, that, you know what I, And they're just putting me in this tiny little box. Yeah. And I said, you know what? Up yours. Yep. Good. Good. I, I will, I will prove to you that I can do this. 
And I know I can. I just need time. Yeah. And like everyone out there that has injuries or needs surgery or whatever it is, everything can be healed if you allow that energy to come in and allow yourself to be healed, self-care, getting the right people and actually continuously having that consistency, um, you will progress. No matter how long it takes you, like it's taken me forever to get to 145 kilo squat, but I got there. Yeah. I don't care how fucking long it took me, I got there. You know, one day I might be able to run away from a zombie. I don't care how long it takes me, <laughs> but I'll get there. As long as you're not with Kath, she might, uh, she might ankle tap you. Yeah, she, she will ankle tap me, Casey. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll just push her out of the way. <laughs> I'll wrestle her down. But um, yeah, no, I just, it, it, cardio might not be my thing right now, but it might be in 10 more years time. Yeah, cool. You just can't give up on it because I think everybody has the ability to do something. Yep. At what level that is, just because I might look at you and go, well, you can do that, or I should be able to do that. That's not the case. Yep. We can't compare ourselves to each other. Definitely. Only stay in your own lane. You know, do what you can do and continue to keep progressing on that. Because, you know, six months ago, I wasn't able to do this, but then 12 months later, holy crap, look what I can do now. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That's what, how I sort of, you know, continue to keep motivating myself. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, and mm. it, it's clearly paying off um let's let's chat about how you got into powerlifting so were you doing powerlifting just upper body before the surgery like the last lot of leg surgery i only started powerlifting last year okay wow yeah so. <laughs> i i took something and um was one of my my uh chronic pain psychologists said to me sometimes you need to do something um that you've never done before start it and finish it and tell me how you feel Okay. And that was a, a, a massive sort of like groundbreaking move for me. Yep. Um, so I decided that, okay, maybe powerlifting is something I could possibly do. I can bench press. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and um, because of all the research that I've done in terms of like deadlifting and squatting were the best activities for me to be able to build my legs. And um, I thought, okay, we'll squat, bench, deadlift. And and try and become a part of a community yep. as well, um, building those networks and friends and, and what have you, because it was a very lonely road for me mm. um, to try and get through this this rehab, trying to, to build these legs, trying to continue to keep pushing through everything. I mean, I did yoga and all that kind of stuff through it as well, um, which was a very powerful um, pain management for me. Um, but yeah, it was only until, yeah, about December the year before that, I went, okay, well, I'll go and approach a couple of different powerlifting and strength gyms in so Brisbane. 2017, December? Yeah, it was the end of that year. Yep, cool. That I went, okay, well, let me go and check out a few. And I did check out a few uh, in Brisbane. And I did stay at one of them. Um, I left that one. <laughs> and now I found Iron Underground. Okay. Um, and they have a very strong, heavy work ethic when it comes to training. Nice. Um, and their community and sense of engagement with each other and their help and their, their passion for the sport and their passion for each other and watching and wanting you to get as, as far as you possibly can is intense. Yeah. It really is intense. And that's exactly what I was looking for. Perfect. You know, and they have the same sort of, you know... Um, morals as me is that it's the longevity yeah 
of the sport and it's you know getting yourself strong and it's it, trying to be injury and pain free mm. you know and the club um the, well, the gym owner poorly he um has his own challenges and to watch him go through his challenges as well mm-hmm. and go through do x fears and just continue to keep pushing was inspiring for me so i had to surround myself with people that were in the same club yeah. as me that's um that i guess that's very rare with powerlifting because a lot of the places are just so number driven and um, I, I've I've met a couple of people that uh, in the local area of Brisbane that have gone to certain powerlifting gyms, and they're just like you know sometimes I I do want to be there for community, but I'm not welcome because I'm not lifting a certain weight. Like exactly. they're close, like they they make my deadlift look like literally a warm up. Yeah. But it, they're like, oh yeah, no, I you know you can't train with us because you can't lift this heavy. So yeah, that's it's very rare. Where where what was the gym's name again? Iron Underground. Yeah, that's the current gym that I'm at now. Okay, cool. And whereabouts is that located? In Albion. Okay, awesome. Mm-hmm. Oh, fantastic. So, yeah, it's that's a really good old hear. school gym, but I love it. Yeah. I love it. The good. team that work out of there is just intense. And I think, you know, without that team, I probably wouldn't have gone as far as I have probably now. I probably would have given up on powerlifting at wow. some stage, and I probably would have just gone back to the programming of just, you know, body lift, body, like sort of body sort of just getting my muscles stronger yeah weight loss fat loss that kind of stuff you know i would have just concentrated on that type of programming whereas this is just way more fun awesome yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect oh and they've got the whole competition side as well which yeah. you've been nailing well yeah well the, the the comp that i did last weekend was the first one for this year i was actually going to take this year off oh. and just rebuild my shoulder rebuild my pack um and then just keep building on my legs because of the I need more quads to get a bigger squat and uh, and a better deadlift because yeah. um, that's my shittiest lifts of all and that's okay I'll keep conquering those ones I'll get there <laughs> and so you're now um, the best bench in Australia for females yeah is that right is that for your weight class that's as for well? my weight class yeah yep and so 113 kilos was the bench yeah Yep, awesome. It hadn't been set yet because it was a new weight class that they introduced last year. Ah. So no one had been able to target it. So we had to hit what they thought was like an international 112.5 was what they wanted to see at least. Right. So I went to 113. Nice. And how, how did it feel when you did that 113? It was easy. Yeah, the it video, was I was just like, yeah. are you making that look easy yeah. or what's yeah. going on? Because you just dropped it straight down, straight back up like... Oh, wow. Yeah. No, I, I could have gotten the 116 at the end of it, but what had happened on the comp day was um, there was a misload on my um, my second attempt, which was the national record oh. attempt, and the clock ran down. And right. then um, the, the judges had decided, actually, no, it was a misload because I have to have blocks underneath my feet yeah. to be able to um, get set up correctly. Yeah. Um, my legs are too short. Oh, it's okay. I call them midget blocks if anybody wants to know. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry for all these short challenged or short statured people out there, but I call them midget blocks. But um, so I have to have them, but my, my left heel was about a half a centimetre off. Right. And you have to be fully on there, butt okay. down, heels down, head down, ready to go. And clock ran out and they said no. But they reconvened and said, we'll give you another attempt. Yep. And they said, okay, sweet ass. But what that meant was I had to wait until everyone else on the list had gone and finished. Right. Which there was about um, 18 of us. And I was the third from the top. Mm. So I was at the end of the list, did my bench record, and it flew. And I was very happy with that. Um, but then my third attempt was two minutes later. Right. Two yeah. minutes. 
about two minutes later. Gee, so they've put you back where in your order. Yeah, so oh. I had to go back in my order for my third attempt. And what that was for me, I was already on a high. I yeah. was already just like flying with Red Bull through the expo. I didn't <laughs> care anymore. I got what I chased and I was happy to be there. Um, so by the time it came up to it, I realized Kel, my um, coach on the day, she went 116. That's what we're going to attempt next. And I'm like, holy shit. Okay, let's do this. But I only had two minutes to rest, two yeah. minutes to think about it and regroup. I hadn't regrouped. And by the time I got back up there and set it up, I thought I got this, but then I just dropped it on my chest and lost all of my tension. I went, fuck, this ain't going nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> I got it halfway up and I got stuck at the tricep part and I went, nah, not got it. It's okay. It's fine. Gave the bar a kiss and said, I got you next time, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow. And then so um, with the, when you got um, best female on the day for, that was the comp last year. You yeah, the first in one. June, yeah. So was that with all three lifts? Yeah. Um, yeah. So run us through those three lifts and run us through your numbers. Oh, crap. Um, <laughs> if, if you remember. If I remember, I think that was the comp where I finally hit the 100 kilo mark, I think, or was it 107.5? I can't remember. It was, I know that I got my 410 was the total. Okay. Um, I think my squat was only at 120. I finally hit a deadlift of 170. It was the ugliest deadlift you'd ever seen. It was going up sideways and the bar was swinging. <laughs> but I, I didn't hitch it and I wasn't letting it go. Nice. And it, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the, the time that I hit the 100 kilo mark of the of my bench. Okay. And I finally cracked it. That's awesome. Mm. That's very good. Because I, I was aiming to at least get 400 on my total and just crack that number, be part yeah. of the 400 dub club. Um, but then someone challenged me and said, okay, we'll try and get 410. I said, right on. <laughs> You're on then. So I changed my last deadlift to 170 and that got me my 410. Nice. And was mm. that when you did the pec in that comp as well? No, that was at Nationals last year oh, in Nationals. October. Okay, right. So I was in, it was an invite-only competition. Yep. Um, so I was invited by Powerlifting Australia to go down to Melbourne um, to their fitness expo down there. So only the uh, the top strongest people were invited to go there. So I was a bit surprised to be invited. So I went and um, I got to meet um, Nolene Kingy, who is the current record holder in the 100 plus category. Okay. But she went and dropped weight to be in this new weight category so that she can hit those records. Ah. Now, I can't compare to her deadlift and her um her squat because she's in the 200 kilo sort of wow. area um but i definitely was going to try and, and chase her on the bench yeah. <laughs> and so and we've become, become really good mates now so now that i've set this record um she is i'm tagging it out and see whether or not she can try and chase it <laughs> um and see if she can get it if not i'll try and make it a little go a bit further maybe in september and that way in october when she tries to attempt it it's going to be a little bit harder but yeah in nationals last year i um my second deadlift was only at 162.5, um, but as I had um, locked it up and something sort of felt a little bit wrong, and I put it back down again, and I've just grabbed my chest as I walked off the off the stage, and I thought, oh, I've, I've done something. Something doesn't feel right, mm. and um, then my left pec sort of swelled right up. Wow! And I thought, oop, <laughs> something's something's not quite right here, and. And we thought, no, we'll be right. You just, you know, you're okay. And we try and did the third deadlift and I failed it because I, I couldn't lock it and it looked hitched. Um, 
then when I got back to Brisbane, I was flying back and I was in so much pain. I didn't know what was wrong. I had wow. went and saw my doctor and I had x-rays and um, ultrasounds done and that's when I saw that I had torn my pec minor right off. <sighs> and um, so, and then all the blood started coming through, all the bruising, yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, and it was actually, it was quite a painful experience. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did it go really, really like dark purple, black? Yeah, and then it travelled over to the right-hand side too, which wow. was um, pretty intense. So yeah. yeah, so it was just that top part of that pec minor and it yeah. just was quite swollen and it just sucked. Absolutely <laughs> yeah. sucked. Because then, you know, I couldn't bench. Yeah. You know, and bench is my favourite. Bench is life. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and not being able to bench just in even an empty bar was heartbreaking. Yeah. For me, it was depressing. Um, but it just meant that I had to try and then recover and recoup, rest, and then um, go back to Kelly and say, what do we need to do? Yeah. You know, so we retrained everything and strengthened my, my pecs back up and rebuilding those muscles and getting them back up again, my shoulders, my serratus, um, all lap work and stuff. And she already said I had a strong back, but I just needed to work on the anterior side of everything. Yeah. I do have a a huge imbalance with my shoulders because I think shoulders are boring. <laughs> <laughs> so if you ever meet me, I've got these tiny little shoulders but giant gorilla-like arms. Um, <laughs> so this year was meant to be this focus of trying to get some bolder shoulders. Bolder <laughs> shoulders. Bolder shoulders, but apparently they give you a smaller waist. So, okay, challenge All accepted. Right, okay. Yep. But yeah, so we are trying to get there and try and get my enthusiasm back with the shoulder side of things. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I just don't find it a very interesting muscle group to work, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, so what, what are you doing? Are you just doing overhead lat raises? Yeah, so your Z presses is yeah. a, a big one for me so I can incorporate that um, my hip hinge, my core and everything else. I actually don't mind yeah. those ones. They're actually quite fun to do. Um, I do do a lot of Arnold pressing, shoulder pressing, yeah. you know, just the seated ones, laterals and all those other bits and pieces in between and stuff like that. So I do try and keep it a little bit fun, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. No, that's good. That's good. And I mean, like it, it's amazing how you just like, so talk, talking about that. So like you've just come off, you know, a pretty lengthy period with your legs. So five, five mm. years there essentially to then go into powerlifting, go to nationals, you know, um, do really well. Then, do your peck yeah um and then to bounce back and in this this year march go all right yeah i'll do the brisbane fitness expo fitness show um so from march to july yeah july like it's it's crazy to say because like i've you know got what a grade two tear in my hand before and i thought my life was over yeah grade two so six weeks yeah. No, and, and you've just yeah <laughs> my ripped. life is over yeah, yeah no pretty much yeah and then i did it again a couple months later i was like this is this is me now like i've yeah. got just a torn hamstring <laughs> grade two so another six weeks yeah, yeah um but yeah so just to to do your pec pec minor um as well and then completely tear it and have all that like actually tear it not just be a sook like me so it's a massive credit to your determination as well and just jumping back on the horse. How is uh, – what do I want to talk about now? So when you were getting ready for just the most recent comp, what's the diet like? So uh, and, and do you do like a form of cycling when you're doing your strength phase and then leading up into prep and then comp? So can we just run quickly through that? So I, that I usually um, pretty much eat 
pretty well. If anything, it's just protein, 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 protein. Um, I'll have probably about three or four protein shakes a day. Yep. Um, it's a lot of eggs. A lot yep. of eggs in there, and I still eat the chicken. I still eat the fish. I still eat okay. all of my vegetables. My wife is vegan, so everything I do make is vegan. Right. And then I add my add protein in there and stuff. So um, I'm usually in my weight class quite comfortably. Um, this time year, this time round, I wasn't. <laughs> so I had to cut a little bit. Okay. Um, so I had to try and cut all as much carbs as I could out. And right. I am an ice cream fiend. <laughs> um, so yeah, I wasn't allowed to buy ice cream for the three months. Uh, so, and I got down I got down into my weight class and I was happy travelling quite well yep. um, but I'm also allergic to peanuts and I had an anaphylactic oh, reaction oh my gosh. Um, two weeks out from the con and if anyone knows anaphylaxis <laughs> your body holds on to water right and I shot up 5-6 kilos wow so I went straight up over the weight class again and I had two weeks to get it off so what did you do in that two weeks I water loaded right okay. <laughs> yeah so I water-loaded um, seven litres of water for two days and then four, three, two, then one. Yep. So that gave me my five days of water-loading and I dropped it all off again. Okay. So then I came back to being at 97 kilos on the day. So I was like, yes, <laughs> sweet Jesus, yes. <laughs> I, um, I, I've water-loaded once and I yeah did the seven. I only did one day at seven litres and that was through the week so I had PT as well so I was constantly with guys and yeah. girls and I'm just like I'd be middle of a session yeah. two or three times I'm like I just gotta go pee yeah. like I've never peed so much in my life it's intense isn't like, it it is just constant <laughs> I was at work <laughs> <laughs> and I've got a team of these patient administrations I work in the hospital and I said sorry I, like I start work at 12 and then like two seconds later I just need to go to the bathroom <laughs> 10 minutes later, I just need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then I'd be like 45 minutes into my shift and I'm like, I've already gone to the bathroom like four times. And yeah. I'm like, you know what, guys, full transparency. I'm water loading, so I'm peeing a lot. No, I don't have the green apple splatters. <laughs> we're fine. I just need to pee. <laughs> so we're all fine. So everyone was on board and stuff and they covered me while I was trying to get this weight off. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Jesus enough squats getting in on that those days as well yeah yeah always going in okay that's that that's absolutely awesome so and with, with the diet as well in terms of um protein uptake so how do you go about i know you're doing fish and chicken but is there any other form of supplementing protein in other than shakes well and eggs so shakes eggs chicken and fish would you also like try and get as much protein out of any form of complex carb that you could so veg so uh, legumes. Nuts. Okay, legumes. Yeah. yeah, legumes. I have to be very careful with the nut side of things. Almonds and oh, of course, yeah. cashews I can be pretty careful with, um, but sometimes you just don't know if they're coming off of a peanut belt right. either. Um, so I have to be very careful with that. But um, but because my partner's vegan, we eat a lot of lentils, we eat a lot of beans, we eat a lot of um, tofu. Okay. As well. So tofu is a big, big staple in there. So that's probably just as much protein added you know as the vegetable side of things that actually get a lot of soy and yeah, a lot okay. of whey protein and a lot of like um also you have whey protein mm, yep okay and you know pea protein was a, a big thing too but then i had something the anaphylaxis we don't know what happened but i don't know if anyone knows the brand called like milk it's made on whey pea protein or something Right. And it's meant to be like an alternative to milk because I have normally soy milk and almond milk um, in my shakes, coffee, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I don't drink dairy. I'll eat ice cream, 
It just don't drink milk. <laughs> Let's just clarify that. <laughs> Ice cream, yes. <laughs> milk, no. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I tried this like milk and I took one sip of it and we believe that's what it was. And this this particular right. type of pea protein in this like milk, um, which I'm still going to send a letter to the company because um, then my brother-in-law had some of it and it gave him the green apple splatters so there's something wrong with this milk brand and whether or not they're just scraping shit off the bottom of a barrel and putting it into a a jar or whatever it was it wasn't safe for me it it wasn't the same bottle this is like a a different batch you would almost say i don't know like i just i'm not touching it again like i'm open to trying different types of products and proteins and this is meant to be like a a protein-based sort of milk, yeah, like it's right. a non-dairy and stuff. And I thought, oh, I'll give it a crack because that's got like it had ten grams of protein in it yeah. per serve. And I thought, mm, that's easy. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I thought I'd try it one sip later. Off to hospital I went. Um, other than that, I do use a little bit of Future Way for bulk nutrients, which is just um, protein that you can mix into cold water or soda water, and it tastes like lemonade. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty good product, <laughs> and that has like um, I think it was about twenty grams of protein in it as well. Yeah, so I try yeah. and cheat in that in that way, yeah. <laughs> trying to get it in everywhere I possibly can. But yeah, yeah, if it's vegetable based, it's a lot of lentils and legumes and all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Mm. Okay, awesome. And so, uh, what's what's to come? What's on the uh, on the horizon? Oh, look, I'm trying to debate this with my wife at the moment. I want to do this conf in September. Um, whether it's the best move for me to go back to this um, particular gym and try and attempt something is um, it's a bit of a, a controversy okay. <laughs> but I thought it would be a great opportunity to um, make the bench record a little bit harder for Nolene to attempt in October yeah <laughs> where is, is this the September is that the invite comp or is there no, just this is just another been... local one in okay. brisbane at um brisbane north barbell yeah but it's sanctioned so like the record would stand. yeah cool. it'll, it'll be sanctioned and stuff i just um yeah so <laughs> we could try and attempt it then um i think i should yeah we are just it's on the cards it's, on, it's open for discussion right and i wouldn't wouldn't mind actually doing it just to make it a little bit harder for nolene that's all <laughs> <laughs> awesome Okay, so we'll wrap up with our wrap-up questions. Mm-hmm. So let's run through your morning routine. What's a, what's a normal routine? Oh, like gee. I'll probably wake up at about 6 o'clock. Yeah. I'll have my coffee and my protein shake, take all my supplements and stuff. I will feed my dogs, feed my wife, <laughs> get her off to work, and then I'll go to the gym at Iron Underground. So I'm usually there by around about 7, 7.30. I train for about two hours, yep. go home, I rest my legs and get ready for work, and then I go for work from about 12 to about 10 o'clock at night. Okay. Go to bed. Wow. Oh, that's right. You were saying, yeah, because you usually either do the morning shift or the, the uh, afternoon shift. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And so what's uh, other than being at the gym, what's your most favorite pastime activity? Mm. You can't go past the beach. Yes. You know, the the ocean is the savior of all places. You know, it's so healing and the sun, the warmth, the energy you feel, I just, you can't go past that. Yeah. You know, every Christmas morning or any special day that I have, or anything that I want to celebrate always starts with a sunrise on the beach. That's how I proposed to my wife. Nice. Um, was a bit of a bold move, I've got to say that, because <laughs> she doesn't wake up early very nicely. Oh, right. Unless I have a cup of coffee there. So trying to drag her out 
and at four o'clock in the morning on the Gold Coast and go to the beach and sit there um, to propose with the sunrise um, was a, a bold move. I had right. to have big fucking balls to do that, let me just say that. <laughs> but it went down well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything, everything worked out yeah. good. Okay, awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Very good. Strategically done. <laughs> so who do you feel outside of your family has had the biggest impact on your life? Gee, biggest impact outside of my family. There's been so many people, so many people throughout my journey of my life. Like, ooh, I've got to say, like, um, I'm going to have to say currently right now. Yeah, no, that's fine. You know, in the last couple of years, like, it feels like I've known these guys for years, like 20 years. But Owie... Ange and Casey. Big Owie. Yep. Um, and then, you know, Kel is, has been a, a great influence as well, and um, and Paulie as well. But especially Owie and Ange and Casey, like, they have backed me 100%. Yeah. You know, they have been a, such a great source of just positive energy, consistent energy. There's never a negative thing that comes out of their mouth. There's yeah. never this... I can't do that, you can't do that, or anything like that. It's like, let's get this done. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, training with them is always a pleasure, and they always have time for you. And one day I'm going to train with Casey, and we're going to do a shoulder session. She said it's going to be brutal. <laughs> I said, righto. Because <laughs> she's got bigger shoulders than me, but I'll always have the bigger bench, Casey. <laughs> but um, yeah, so right now, you know, outside of my family, those guys there are such a wicked crew to have um, by my side. Awesome. Mm. That's so good. What has been the biggest point of view or opinion that you've changed recently? So something you might have believed in for a long time, like the ch- like not eating the chicken and then listening to your body. I mean, that's a great example, but mm. recently. Oh, what did my wife say to me? You know, <laughs> she always says to me, um, out with love. Out with love, okay. Mm. Out with love. Whether it's, you know, a moment of someone else doing something wrong, um, to you or a moment of road rage or someone's just being a dick <laughs> sometimes you just gotta say it to you, out with love out with love because you can't ha- handle anyone else's you know behaviors or or anything like that we're all human yeah. um but she keeps telling me just out with love because how you feel ultimately if you just get riled up and angry and and upset or whatever it is and you want to punch a hole in the wall, what was that actually over? Mm. You know, why are you even spending that, that energy on, on doing that? Out with love. And it just changes the way you think about some things, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's mm. awesome. Mm. I love it. That's one of the best ones we've had. Mm. And then are there any podcasts, books, YouTube, um, influences, so people that are big on social media that you would like to or if even a favourite quote that you would like to pass on to everyone Ooh. Mm. I follow a lot of people on Instagram I follow you HCP Science, I listen to your podcast um, other podcasts that I listen to is those, um, oh, what's those guys names, the powerlifting dudes, the pair that's really bad, I, mean, I can't even think of their name right now 
that's me being a little bit brain dumb this morning. <laughs> but um, but really, actually, I listen to a lot of just true crime. <laughs> okay, yeah, my podcasts and stuff. Them. Yeah, I I love them just of the the shady past that Australia's had. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've listened to a lot of that, just um, like true stuff like that. But it, I do listen to yours, ATP, and um, I've also listened bigger influences. Um. Uh, Nathan James, he's a he's a bodybuilder in Melbourne, okay. and he he and I contact each other a lot because he watches me powerlift and stuff like. That. He knows my story as well, and he just like he's just blown away with my story. But I'm just like in awe of just the craft that he has and the body that he has, and how yeah. he's managed to try and explain. Um, different parts of movements and, and the body, the muscles and all that kind of stuff. So I do follow him a lot and just his um, videos yep. and stuff. Um, so he's on YouTube? No, he doesn't have a YouTube channel, oh. little bugger. It's, um, yeah, no, he, he only does all his videos on the in the feed, you know, the video okay, yeah, feed yeah. and stuff. And you just watch his feed. It goes for hours. Right. Just doing oh, little yeah, snippets so and videos. Oh, yes, he puts them up on, the, um, yeah. on the, the IGTV. Yeah, as well as that, yeah. yeah. And um, he just, he's got a, such a great way of explaining um, everything he does and he explains why he does a specific movement, um, why it's good for you, how to do it. Yep. as well and what you should be feeling when oh, you actually perfect, are doing yeah. the movement so i find that very educational from, from him feedback that's massive yeah so he trains at a massive joe's in in um melbourne okay so he's a pretty good dude and that russell swole fella you know the ipf dude yeah he's got a youtube channel that i like to watch okay um he got I think for his weight class, he managed to, to smash a world record in deadlift and totals and stuff as well. Wow. Russ Swole. Look him up on... Uh, on he's, a bit of, he's got a bit of an ego. But, <laughs> <laughs> but he's actually very good at his craft. If you just watch his deadlift, he's like me. Short legs, but long arms. And he just pops down, lifts it up. Just, it's like a big giant gorilla lifting something up. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know how he manages to do it. He makes it look effortless as well so yeah that's awesome perfect well honey thank you so much for coming in um your story was absolutely amazing and it's been really great to chat with you thank um, you for letting me share it because you know at the end of it reaches one person that they can get out there and actually do it i don't care what you look like how thin thick whatever it is be proud of who you are and just get in there and get it done. There's no such thing as body shaming. That's their problem. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been an awesome podcast and I can't wait for everyone to hear it as well. Yeah. So really appreciate it and I can't wait to see some of the awesome lists that you do in the future. Yeah, wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks, man.